What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Best Of Podcast here on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. Thanks for sharing part of your day with me. Before we get to the best of this week, I just want to remind you, please rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I always say, if you take the time to leave a review, we will take the time to read it. This one comes from Senior Struggle, five stars, fellow East Coast Niner faithful. The whole crew makes my week waiting for kickoff that much easier during the season. Love the different takes from every member of your team and keep up the awesome work. Thank you. And that's why we have this show, so that you get to hear some of those awesome takes from every member of the team. Maybe you don't get a chance to listen to every show. Look, I know you're very busy. So here's the best five minutes from every show this week. And we kick it off on Monday with me and Vish Kumaran. Rob, I think that with Brock Purdy, I think that a lot of people are looking for it to look a certain type of way. And you're never going to get that look. Like, for example, yesterday I was watching Rams Seahawks, right? And Stafford made like 12 throws that I don't know that how many quarterbacks in the NFL are going to make that throw. It's never going to look like that with Brock Purdy. But yesterday to me, it went back to Brock Purdy just completely executing the offense and just being on time and on schedule. And I felt like at the end of last year, we got away from that a little bit with Brock Purdy, which brought up some of the concerns because he started to freelance a little bit more. He started to get outside of the pocket. So all the things we talked about last year for a guy coming off of a torn UCL and all of that, we didn't see any rust, anything like that. And all the things we talked about last year, hey, he never climbs the pocket. He's running out the backside of the pocket too much. Sometimes he should just stay in there and make a throw. Sometimes it's there. Just take the throw and move forward and all of that. He did every single one of those things yesterday. To me, if he plays the way he played yesterday, there's no question to me that the 49ers can win a Super Bowl with him at quarterback. It's never going to have the look of what Stafford looked like yesterday, but the offense is going to have the, if as long as the offense has the efficiency that it had yesterday, and he threw the ball about as accurately as I've ever seen him throw it, he was pinpoint on just about every throw with both his ball placement and his accuracy as well. And so to me, if he can do those things, Rob, I, 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 as long as he can keep this offense on time and on schedule and he can play on time and on schedule, Shanahan is just so good at scheming it up that things will be available. These weapons are so good that things will be available. So yes, I do think that like, it was a great performance for Brock Purdy, from Brock Purdy, but I don't think it was just that because of the statistics to me, how he played, said a lot for if he can play like that, that's really important for the 49ers. He has unshakable poise. He's never rattled for a guy, especially this. He's still just 23 years old. He went into Pittsburgh. You know, he didn't really have a lot of like true road games last year down the stretch Mm -hmm. because of the 49ers schedule. Philly was one, but he, he was, you know, injured early in that game. So we never really got to see it. This was a true road game, and he was not rattled at all. Started 10 of his first 12 for 114 yards and two touchdowns in the game. And I think you're right. As Randall says, I like 30 points a game, Brock. It's never going to – there are some throws that he's just never going to be able to make because he does have physical limitations. But he also shouldn't really need – to make those throws that often because of Shanahan, because of the people around him and the setup that that is there for him. So, you know, like I saw Grant, like, oh, Brock Purdy didn't have any tough throws yesterday. He didn't need to have any tough throws. The throw to Ayuk is a tough throw. That's tight coverage. It's a back shoulder fade. That's a tight window throw from 20 yards. And he, I mean, Ayuk made a phenomenal catch, but he, I mean, he put that ball exactly where it's got to be. It's a big time throw. 
I like the trust in Ayuk. He was he's Brock said after the game, I knew I was going there. The only question was if if Ayuk beat him off the line, I was going to throw it deep. If I if there was contact and Ayuk didn't beat him, I was going to throw it back shoulder, which he did, and he put it right on the money, 50-50 ball. You trust Ayuk not to let Peterson intercept it. And it was fantastic. And as uh German points out, he mm. climbed the pocket well on that play. Brock did a very good job of that yesterday, Vish, stepping it- up in the pocket, getting vertical a lot of the time when the rush did come. I think he's talking about the second quarter off schedule when it was 17-0. And you're okay. right. He did get right up through the pocket. He attacked the line of scrimmage. He got parallel, and then he threw a ball to Brandon Ayuk for like 20 yards. That one, I yeah, that was yeah, great. Yeah, but I mean, in general, I if we're talking about like big-time throws, like to me, that was a big-time play by the quarterback. Spinning out of Minka Fitzpatrick, rolling left, and then coming back across your body, shifting your arm angle. That's a big-time play by the quarterback. So I, I don't know that I agree with he didn't make any big-time throws or big-time plays. If you're looking for him to make physically capable power throws standing in the pocket, well, then you're going to be right about him in every single game because he's not capable of doing that. But if you're going to actually objectively look at him and say what he did well, there were enough big-time plays from him as a quarterback in that game, 100% for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. Um I know that Grant has talked about this, like the zip on his passes. He doesn't have a ton of zip on his passes, but they get where they need to go. Like, yeah, he doesn't throw any rocket balls, but you put up 30 points yesterday. You dominated and demoralized, as you said, Vish, which is a great word, the Steelers. I've seen Peyton Manning throw 50 touchdowns without any zip on his passes. Mm -hmm. Like, again, there are some throws that, yeah, you wish maybe there was more there that he might have to make in the future. He didn't have to make any of them on Sunday. He dominated dominated and it was fantastic to see Tuesdays feature the bully ball podcast with Jason Aponte and Steph Sanchez. How you judge this defensive line is kind of a litmus test of, do you know ball? Okay. Let me explain. Dre Jackson gets the three sacks and you're enamored with that because three sacks in a game, he ties his, he tied his whole season total. Do you know who I thought was the most dominant player on the, on the defensive line? I think I know who you're going to say. Eric Armstead, and he yes. didn't have a sack. He didn't have a QB hit, nothing. This is your litmus test to see if you know ball. The middle of the line was collapsing every single time him and Hargrave were next to each other. They're running stunts where Armstead is flying through the gap. Literally, Drake Jackson's first sack was Eric Armstead breaking through a double team, being tackled, and flushing Kenny Pickett out so Drake Jackson can be there and get him. This is the age-old question, pressures or sacks? You love sacks because you finish. But sacks can be had by you just being in the right position and being flushed out. We need to start having a discussion about Eric Armstead again. And I don't want to hear about how much money he's making. I don't want to hear about he got no sacks for this amount of money. Let's watch the games. Let's actually look at who's creating the pressure. And Drake Jackson, if he had a bonus for getting three sacks in a game... He owes half that money to Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave. Yeah, there's something about like interior defensive linemen being able to get pressure and being able to collapse the pocket that is so much more effective than I than pass rushers or edge rushers. Because edge rushers, you know, they're gonna they're gonna go on the sides and it creates like this little this little pocket, a, a circle, if you will. And when the interior guys, and I'm thinking about Eric Armstead, if they go through the interior, like the quarterback has to react to that. They have to move 
if uh, most of the time, like edge rushers come around, quarterback could step up a little bit. But when interior guys get that pressure, there's nowhere to step up. You have to move around. And that's where it creates opportunities for the edge rushers to get their sacks because, oh, look, you just walked right into a sack of the edge rusher, right? So we saw plenty of that in this game. I mean, Hargrave had a number of pressures as well. So the interior guys being able to do what they do is going to make a huge difference. And it's a it's a collective unit. Like, this entire defensive line helps each other out. They all eat. Like, it's incredible what they're able to do together. Eric Armstead is, is no different as any of these guys. Just because he doesn't get the sacks, he's still – very effective on this team and on this defensive line. So yeah, it's a huge asset for this defensive line. And one thing that we didn't see so much in this game that I was kind of expecting because we talked about Steve Wilkes and how he has like the higher blitz rate in um, that we've seen in the past, but I didn't really see any blitzes and he didn't have to blitz because he has this defensive line. In the first quarter, it was a little bit that they blitzed more, but once they were getting with, once they were getting home with four, you don't yeah, have it's to like do you don't need anymore. exactly you don't need to do anything. So I that's the that's the benefit of having this defensive line in particular and being able to have these four guys who could get to the quarterback, who could create disruption in the pocket and that open things up for any everything else. So man, like Steve Will is gonna have a lot of fun with this defensive line, and I'm having fun watching them. I mean, we I, I know that Drake Jackson even despite him getting the three sacks, like it seems like he was a bit of an afterthought just because everyone on this defensive line ate. Nick Bosa, of course, was the talk going into this one. He played 35 snaps. Um, he was still the 49ers' highest graded defender in PFF. He With had three pressures. Yeah, he he had three pressures. He forced a holding penalty. So he, he was getting it done too. And that's coming off of, barely any practice going into this game. So props to him. But would you believe me if I told you that Drake Jackson had less snaps than Nick Bosa? And he had 28, 28 snaps. And, and yet- he, he was used exclusively on passing downs, five pressures, three sacks, two hurries, three stops. Um, he's tied with TJ Watt right now for the league lead in sacks with three. Yeah. Wednesday's show is lit when I am joined by Sports Illustrated's Grant Cohn. I do think with this 40 million cap space, the Niners usually, I mean, not usually, but they have made deadline trades before. Mm-hmm. I look honestly, we're talking, we, we keep talking. Is Brock pretty good enough? Is Brock pretty good enough? Is Colton McKivitz good enough? Nothing, no, nothing against Colton McKivitz, but the Niners put him in this position. Is Spencer Burford good enough? The Niners put it, put him in this position. Those are two day three picks who are not necessarily starters on other contenders. So, they have to evaluate that one. I think Brock Purdy's better than those two guys are at, the, at his respective job. Burford had a rough first week, but keep like in Brock mind. Brock Purdy's a B plus. What's, what's Burford at his, at his position? What's McKivitz at his position? Like Those guys are C minuses at best. This is a team that was in a Super Bowl with Michael Person and Ben Garland starting on the offensive line. Great. That's who started that in is not the goal. But I'm saying that is like. not the goal. It's, does anybody think they lost the Super Bowl because of those two guys? A lot of people do. A lot of people feel that Chris Jones took over down the stretch on the right side. I think that Jimmy Garoppolo, if Jimmy Garoppolo could have moved like Brock can move, like Brock finds the open window and hits a couple of those completions at the end of that Super Bowl. I feel pretty confident. He didn't move in the NFC Championship game. You set it up. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do it. I didn't mean to do it. I'm sorry. It's Rob's fault. 
He's I, he, I just put it on a tee for you, admittedly. Uh, Johnny told like Hartman right there. I like, oh, I don't want to tell this joke. I have to, I have to. <laughs> Sorry. Johnny says, can Taylor Lewan be an option for right tackle once healthy? You think that he's going to no. be that much better no. than uh, you got to live with it. I think you just have to live with it. Like there is no draft in the middle of the season. You're not going to have an all pro at every position. He's going to give up some stuff just like McGlinchey did. I think you just have to swallow that as a Niner fan and hope that you can overcome it. Yikes. You, yikes, yikes, yikes. you got it. You got it. No, you really got to look at those 74 and 68 with the critical eye these next few weeks. And if there's a better option out there and you can make the trade, you got to do it. Now I'm not saying there will be a better option. Maybe these two guys will step up, but I think they have the most to prove, not Brock. Brock is the starting quarterback this year, next year, as, lo- as long as he stays healthy. As, a- until he's due for an extension, then they'll come, then they'll have to decide, do you want to make, do you want to change your salary structure and start really paying for a quarterback? Or do you think you can get the next Brock Purdy? Because they- they've made it real clear they want a guy on a rookie deal. That's their whole thing, right? That's the key to their roster building strategy. Okay. Well, you, you know, you'll have to decide if Brock's worth changing all that. But that's way down the line. Yeah, I'll, I'll- Either way, that's a good – either you've decided to move on from Brock and you think you could replace him, or you're like, hey, this guy's really good and we have to pay him and we have a real quarterback. So I'm not worried about that. I think Kev is trolling us. Are wins a good quarterback stat or like wins for pitchers? Wins are not a good quarterback stat, just like wins for pitchers are not a stat. It's a stupid thing, and anyone that uses that as their justification for picking one player over another is flat wrong. That's why the whole Brock Purdy experience is tough to evaluate because it's like, by win-loss record, he's the greatest quarterback ever. By yeah. numbers, he's an elite quarterback. But it's a team sport, man. His team. Like, not only did he have the best weapons in this game, but he was going against a team that couldn't gain a yard. So the Steelers' defense is going to get a little tired when the Steelers' offense can't gain a yard. So everything was sort of set up for him to look his best, and he looked his best, and he gets credit for that. But it was one week. Let's see if there's a team that can put – any resistance. Let's see what happens. And we will not for the next couple of weeks. I think the Niners could easily, like you said, go into that Cowboys game undefeated, but they're going to have some tests later in the year. They so, will. Yeah, yes, we'll they will. Uh, geez, how do I say this? Scribe minds. I'm sorry. Scribe minds. I don't know. Scribe-mines? There you go. Scribe minds. Yeah, I can't read. Purdy did win the game, and if you don't think so, put Darnold in and see what happens. The offense didn't look this good with Christian McCaffrey and Jimmy, and I hear Jimmy is really good. Brock is the real deal. But again, it's not just a competition between Brock and the backups on the team. Just because Darnold is a trash bag as a quarterback yeah. doesn't make Brock doesn't mean that Brock, you know, meets the standard of what we think is a franchise quarterback yet. Jimmy, Jimmy and uh Brock's numbers with Christian McCaffrey on the field were like identical. So a lot, a lot of the reason that the Niners scored more points with Brock is because their defense started turn like forcing more turnovers down the stretch. That's a statistical fact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. On Thursdays, you get the original Gold Standard podcast, myself and Levin Black. 
the other thing I wanted to point out is this is Brock's first game against the Rams. He's never faced Sean McVay. He's never yeah. faced Rams, which I think works in, in Brock and Kyle's favor, I would assume, right? I mean, God, he's been good against everybody else he's faced for the first time. Yeah, I would say that probably works more in the Niners' favor, but I don't think it's a huge deal. It's not like Kyle Shanahan drastically changed the offense for Purdy. I, I think uh, it's more noteworthy that this is the first time ever because of course it's the first time ever that the number a number one overall pick is going against the last pick in the draft, which hmm. Purdy's the first last pick in the draft to ever do anything of note. So yep. of course, but yeah, it's the first time that the two quarterbacks are the last pick in the draft and a number one overall pick quarterback. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Cause the, the last overall pick at quarterback had never even started a game before Brock Purdy did last season. So I hadn't even attempted a pass. If I'm not mistaken. <laughs> literally in completely uncharted territory, but I think we're going to go like, that's going to become less and less of a thing as, as he goes along here, because like eventually at some point it doesn't matter anymore. And a lot of people are arguing we're at that point now, but it'll be brought up. It'll be brought up every so often. I mean, people still bring up Tom Brady. Oh, he was drafted in the sixth round. (laughs) So it won't go away completely, but it will be less of a every single time he's brought up in the national media oh brock Purdy, he was the last pick in the draft just like jake moody he was drafted in the third round i tweeted it out on sunday hey jake moody's six for six he was picked in the third round are we can we only say that when he misses or are we allowed to say it when he does his job too like you know that drives me nuts sign me to nine watching on twitch says stuck in a meeting just wanted to say what's up boys i appreciate that i appreciate that you're watching us in your meeting uh your meeting <laughs> Usually, Simon <laughs> Two says something mean to me, so I appreciate that. Uh, Angel. He's a Twitch defender. He was the one I was getting into it with when I was bad mouthing Twitch. Yeah, jerk. Angel says, "Can we talk about the development of Warner and Greenlaw? A third and fifth round pick. Warner has separated into an echelon all of his own. Seriously, are there five other linebackers better than Greenlaw right now? I don't know. And he was the only one that missed practice on Wednesday. That really bums me out because he was everywhere." In Pittsburgh, like he has taken his game to another level. Um, I don't know that there are five linebackers better than him, to be honest with you. This might be a bold take. I I would say if, if you're telling me I have to pick a linebacker to be, you know, number one on my team, there's probably five that I would pick more than him. I think Greenlaw is better in the role that he is in now. Warner has to be more sound. He has to be more disciplined. He still gets everywhere because he sees the lanes and he's so much smarter. Greenlaw is just the athletic freak that has taken off the leash and allowed to go crazy. If he was the number one linebacker on a team, I don't know that he would look as good because he still does make recognition mistakes. He is still filling the wrong lane occasionally and things like that. Not to say he's not a great linebacker. I I think I would put him in the top 10 in the NFL right now, but I do think he benefits immensely from having Warner there. That's fair. And I think, Fred, I mean, Fred literally has said the opposite, too. He said, whatever you think of me, uh, you know, think of me that way because of Dre Greenlaw. There is no Fred Warner without Dre Greenlaw. So maybe they just work perfectly together. Um, I did appreciate the line from Haberman to Middlecoff, who said there's there's nobody else in the league who almost gets an unnecessary roughness penalty on every single play like Dre Greenlaw. <laughs> He's out there just punching people sometimes. Yeah, he straddle, he's definitely straddles a line and. There have been a few times that he went too far with it, but I think you can live with, you know, one penalty every four or five games. Right. If the intensity is there every single week 
that you're benefiting from. The week ends on Friday with myself and Michelle Maju. We give you our betting and fantasy show. We call it Gold Diggers. His stats are just pretty crazy. I mean, right? Like just first among quarterbacks and quarterback wins, team points per game as a starter, pass touchdown interception ratio, ratio passer rating. Like, I mean, it's just absurd what he's been doing in his first six career regular season starts. But even that, like he's the first quarterback since at least 1950, but I'm willing to just say first, I doubt it happened before then to start six and oh, and throw multiple pass touchdowns in each of his first six career starts. Only Kurt Warner did it even even four career starts. So he already broke this record in five and he, now he's done it six straight starts. It's just like this guy, he's just has such a strong mentality too. Like, I feel like nothing's going to bring him down. Like he has so much confidence. He just goes out there and plays the game and it looks easy for him. That's what I've always liked about watching Brock Purdy. It looks very easy. He doesn't overthink things. He he never seems flustered. He never seems rattled. It's always just poised, calm. And you're right. Like, it does look easy, which, to be honest, like, shouldn't it look easy? You've got Kyle Shanahan, this great play caller. You've got all pros, basically, at every freaking position. It should look this easy, but it is. And not like we like you said. He's in a rare air when it comes to quarterbacking. And, you know, I admit that like part of me is waiting for the other shoe to drop because this is such an absurd situation. Like, are we really doing this with the last pick in the draft? But eventually I'm just going to have to get over that because he keeps doing it. The only time they didn't score 30 points and in one of his starts, Michelle, is when he played in Seattle on a short week with broken ribs. I mean, what he's doing is just incredible. And then when you're even comparing him in this matchup to Matthew Stafford, who, you know, he also has a really good play caller and he all like, he had good weapons last year as well when Cooper cup was there and healthy, but Cooper cup played in every, pretty much every game Matthew Stafford was in. But do you know that Purdy has five more passing touchdowns than Stafford since the start of 2022 and Wow. Stafford has 341 passing attempts to Purdy's 199, and he has five more passing touchdowns to Stafford during that time. I did not know that. That is pretty wild. Did you see this wild. picture that I put up? This no. is Brock Purdy, how he entered the press conference yesterday. He had a bet with George Kittle, Iowa, Iowa State. Kittle's Iowa Hawkeyes won the bet, so Purdy had to pay it off, so he had to walk out into the press conference with the Iowa Hawkeyes mascot head on. Shout out to Brock. See, you paid off the bet. Brock paid off the bet. Yeah, I wish I just made that bet. That that seems way better. I just had to put a hat on. Yeah, well, I could get you a Quinnipiac Bobcat hat, but I'd rather see you eat tomatoes. Somebody in the comments had the most disgusting comment I've ever seen, and it's JJ who said, eat mayonnaise, I'd rather lick a public toilet seat. I would rather eat mayonnaise. <laughs> yes, 100%. Like, I didn't know that we could come up with a grosser bet than that, but JJ apparently found it. I will never do that, just so you know. Yeah, no, okay. that's, that's a big no. Before we get into your best bets for this week, I want to review the best bets from last week because it was, you know... I write stats. It was a bad week one for me. Okay. My team got destroyed. Nothing worked out for me. I get it. All right. You don't have to push a girl when she's down. Okay. Your best bets for the Steelers. You had Ayuk's longest reception over 22 and a half. His longest catch was 23. So beautiful by you. 
one for one there. You had Christian McCaffrey over 97 and a half yards from scrimmage. And guess what? He had 169 yards from scrimmage. So you smashed those two bets, which is fantastic. The next one, Pickens longest reception over 19 and a half yards. The problem was the Steelers would have had to gain a first down for that to happen. And they didn't basically in the entire first half. So you didn't hit that one. And then the last one you had was Brock Purdy, at least one interception. How dare you? And that was a loss. So you were two and two. Kate had a bet Brock Purdy under 30 and a half pass attempts. That one hit, but I'm not giving you credit for that. So you were two and two last week. I think it was under 32 pass attempts because I think he ended up with 30 or 31. No, he had 29. 29. 29. Yeah. So either way it hit. Yes. So two and two. Weird stuff happens in week one. I think a 500 start is a fine start. Um, you know, I, I just don't think anything I would have picked for the Steelers. If I picked any overs, they would have hit, right? I don't think there was an option that I could have picked and been correct. Wedge says, Hey, Michelle, does Kate think Purdy and Kyle are better than Pickett and Tomlin now? I'm sure she does. Yes. We were both. Oh, you want to know a funny story guys? So, you know, I, Kate and I are, that's my wife in case anyone doesn't know. Uh, we're watching this game. Incredibly mm-hmm. sad, right? Our team is getting beat up by the 49ers. Uh, but I was working the game at NFL Network. So I had to write up notes and stuff, which even made this way worse for me that I had to write <laughs> about this. But I accidentally, when I was writing, I wrote Christina McCaffrey instead of Christian McCaffrey. We we're dying laughing. And that was our only time I think I smiled on Sunday. Just wanted to share that. But I thought it was hilarious. Christina McCaffrey still probably would have run for about a hundred yards. <laughs> she, probably, she probably would have. Yeah. Bay Marin YouTube channel member says I eat mayo every, each day because of you two. Well, if you like put it on a sandwich or whatever, that's fine. But if you're just going to the freaking mayonnaise jar and like scooping it out every day, then I want to apologize to you. Cause that's not I want to apologize to your heart. That's a wrap on this week's best of podcast. Thank you so much for listening again. We remind you, please rate review and follow the gold standard podcast network. If you want to support us, the best thing you can do is leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple pods. It really helps us climb the charts. And when you climb the charts, that's how people discover you. So please, please, please leave a rating and a review. That is the absolute number one way to help this show continue to thrive. One quick reminder before we go, join us immediately after the game on the Gold Standard Network YouTube page. Just search Gold Standard 49ers. We come right up. We are live right after the game on Sunday. In the Instant Reaction Show, we take your questions, your comments. We break down everything that happened on Sunday. It's one of our most fun shows of the week. So please, please, please join us on that one, hopefully discussing the Niners' 12th straight regular season win. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everybody. I'm Rob Statz-Guerrera. We'll talk after the game.